All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's episode of Action for Everyone. I am, as always, your host, Mike Scott. For this here October 9th, 2022 episode, I am joined, as always, by Vice Victus. Vice, how are you? Oh, see, so this is my life. We have a very important guest today, an esteemed individual, very important to me personally. And of course, I fuck it all up. I fuck up the scheduling, I fuck up everything, because that's my life. That's how I do stuff. But nonetheless, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to give you some, give you some, some good stuff today. It's all good. You didn't fuck it up. She's here. And, uh, and, uh, and we're going to, we're going to, I'll introduce her in just a minute. But first, I also got a shout out recording or reporting from his garage because he's got a full house today. Liam O'Donnell, how are you doing? Yes, uh, I'm doing well. Uh, excited to be here with you guys. And it is, it is turning into a memorable pod because, yes, I too uh, have uh, family visiting. There's seven children and two dogs in the house. So I am uh, broadcasting from my garage gym. Are you, and, getting, uh, are you getting a good pump while we're recording? Of, seems- I, of course, of course. It was on day right before. I was really excited to show you guys, but uh, you know the video's not working. So sorry, guys. Yeah, I was going to say some, seven kids in the house. Somebody's pumping something. All right. Yes. <laughs> That voice you just heard is our guest this week. She is an associate editor for Deadline. She has written for more outlets than you can possibly uh, imagine. She is one of the best people that I follow on Twitter. Uh, Valerie Complex. Valerie, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I've been wanting to be on this podcast forever. I am like such a huge fan of the podcast and Vice knows I fucking love the action. Like, you know, we talk, we argue about different action shit. And so I see the work that you guys have been doing and the guests you've had on here. So I wanted to come on for a while. So thank you. No, thank you for. Oh, sorry. Mike. You, no, you go ahead. Uh, Mike. Go ahead. Well, this is the important thing. So, you know, as uh when I got out of the army, you know, I was kind of figuring out what I'm doing with my life next, you know, and I'm trying to figure out my writing career, quote unquote. Valerie was the first person, the first real journalist to like reach out to me and like, you know, you know we're both from New York, both live here, but she was the first person out of anybody to come reach out to me and like, you know, kind of welcome me into like, you know, trying to like do this thing for real. So first, you know, for that alone, I forever in debt to her, but also just like, you know, just glad that and as a fellow veteran and then like just like you know fellow yoka like it's been so important that she's a part of my life so i said thank you for everything you've been doing and on top of that being a fucking dope ass private too like you know covering stuff that people don't a lot of people aren't covering you know it's just like a really important like niche or whatever part of the part of the whole media landscape that you're doing so again thank glad i'm glad to hit you <laughs> damn nigga i'm crying fuck tears like damn like I, I totally this. appreciate. It. Am I not supposed to use N word? I'm sorry. No, I'm you can do it. As long as it's between you and Vice, you're good. <laughs> and I, the the white boys are just gonna go off in the corner here and let you guys. Well, no, because he was laughing and then there was dead silence. I was like, oh, um, <laughs> should I re-record that? <laughs> no, you're 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 good. The, the the Irish boy and the guy from Utah are just gonna kind of quietly go into the corner, but. Uh, Yes, I was trying to be professional and keep muted because my <laughs>, laughs like constantly become a thing on this podcast where you just hear like, <laughs> so I'm trying to be a pro. Um, it's interesting because me and Vice have like a similar trajectory. The only thing is that he likes school and I do not. Like he, you know, while we've been friends, he went to school in Fordham and, and graduated and did all of these things. And I'm not even in the, sim- the same perfection that I that I graduated school and I went to school for psychology and then I went and got my master's in um, cybersecurity. And here I am writing about Sylvester Stallone and um, Sumerian, um, putting that degree to good use. So thanks for that. That was some, some, some good student loan money put to a, to put to effect there, but you know, Valerie, that's, that's actually, cause so, my chance to uh, get a little starstruck here. I have followed you on Twitter for years. I've read your writing for years. I think you're absolutely brilliant. Uh, you, you, you know, you guys kind of got into it. You mentioned your ex-military. Uh, I, you, I think you are an absolutely 
massively important voice in film writing. And uh, um, I I had actually reached out to Vice a while ago, but like, we need to get Valerie on the show because uh, because I just I just think you are what you were doing is is terrific. And your writing is fucking fantastic. Every time I read it, I'm like, God damn it, Valerie. (laughs) Um, So I uh, I I just I'm glad you're here. you are also at New York Comic Con right now, literally live from New York Comic Con. Uh, we had uh, Diego Crespo on from San Diego Comic Con. This is this is how A4E is doing it now. We got we got people on the street uh, reporting stuff. So how is stuff going from New York Comic Con? I have a really love hate relationship with this con. Um, I think, but also I think San Diego Comic Con has usurped the value of New York Comic Con because. San Diego is so Hollywood and so glitz and glam that you come to New York Comic Con and it quote unquote feels like a downgrade, but no, it's really not. I think I'm glad that New York has kept the focus on comics and um, you know creator owned stuff. And I really appreciate that. And they've also expanded the Javits Center. I don't know if you know this, but there's a whole different wing that just opened up um, as far as like content and stuff, you know, it is what it is. I find it to be pretty average, but, um, I don't have that same wonderment that I used to when I used to come to comic cons, any comic con. Um, but I'm here with my niece today and she's reading the, the Joker, uh, graphic novel. So she's excited. So I'm excited. So, yeah, and I was gonna say, like, you know, part of the I've been to the New York Comic Con maybe twice overall, but kind of just one day off, just kind of like I was I didn't do I didn't know like um official presence there. But I was just which is just cool, like uh to be around like New York nerds are fucking weird, man. It's like uh it's not just it's it's so like we're intense to a weird degree because a part of it is like you know, yesterday I went to oh shout out to my friend um uh, Patrick uh Pat Fitz, uh I met him last on Friday night. Uh he just he went to Comic Con and we had dinner afterwards. And he was like, uh, we saw a dude in an Naruto costume on the street. And I was like, he could be coming from the Comic-Con, or it could just be him, a nigga from a Naruto costume on the street, on Broadway. Like, that's how it is around here. It's like, <laughs> so like, it's like cool to have like, all this, like, like nexus, nexus of weirdos, like, we're all into the same stuff. Like, because like, New York is full of fucking weirdos, but like, we're nice weirdos, I think. So, so I definitely have that the, kind of interest the... in that comic the thing about the the comic cons in general, especially since I've been here at this one this week, is the odors that have been coming out of the mouths and the armpits of some of the people attending have been really interesting. Like I don't want to be nasty, but it's just been interesting. Remembering, you know, because of the pandemic, we haven't been around a lot of a huge group of people in a while. So it's just taking some getting used to get, you know, being around a large group of people and all of the smells and idiosyncrasies that come with their personalities. So I think nerd, that that's nerd funk. Uh, there is no question. Nerd, nerd funk. Yeah. Real. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh yeah. There, there is a, there's this shop that I used to go to, uh, to get my comics. It was, it's mostly a gaming store and they were, this was years ago, but they were one of the first places in Utah that, that kind of had full land setups. So people would come in and they had a, they had a whole section dedicated to like Warhammer and then a whole section dedicated to like land stuff. And you could walk in and it was just unwashed nerd funk was the only way that I could describe the smell. It was like... You needed a gas mask to walk in? It was was like goat cheese and sweaty socks. I mean, I just, I don't even know how to describe it. You know, it was just, it was, it was, and and the, the handful of cons that I have been to, it's that same smell. So I totally understand where you're coming from. What I would suggest is like, pitch a live episode to a comic con and see what happens. I don't think, I don't, I mean, you should at least try. I think it would be a great, uh, especially like New York Comic Con, I think it would be great to have a panel listening to you guys talk and listening to the audience interact with you guys. So something to consider. Mm, yeah, it's big oh, yeah. Stuff, huh? Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, maybe we'll do like so the, uh, no, maybe we'll do like the uh, 420 day. I'll go to Vasti Square Park or 420. I'll do it from there. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. By the way, before I forget, you mentioned you know the 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 alley, the 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 comic is the part of it of Comic Con is really important mm-hmm. still in New York. So, I, 
a shout out to, uh, if you haven't seen her, let her know I said hi, uh, Steph Williams. You know, she's a, a, a famous writer. Uh, she's now, recently she got a, uh, in the news for uh, creating the or being the creative director of a uh, Nubia series, in, you know, on DC mm-hmm. Comics, the uh, Warner Woman kind of that's been up, but a uh, part of the whole Amazon uh, lore. So yeah, that's, that's really cool. Like, I said, this is a part of the thing again. This is this whole like connective collective we have of like we know each other, but we don't, but we still do because we follow each other on our social media and we follow each other's work just as importantly. And so like to have it like kind of exist tangibly in this way. To see her like you know thrive in this way, and you as well to be in there to cover this is like a really great feeling. Like I'm really proud. Of, I'm really proud of the, the podcast and my work because not just the work itself, but we get to have all of us together to, uh, cr- to expand all of our work. This is a really cool feeling. So, and then, like I said, Comic Con, like that's that's what Comic Con is kind of supposed to be anyway. Not like now it's like a media frenzy, but like having this connection, like you know, meeting you and. Or seeing Patrick and all other people like this yeah. is really about. Thank you. Thank you for all the kind words. I'm really looking forward to like talking about verses and how it I'm sorry, did I expose something? I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Everybody knows we're talking about verses. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're, okay. you're in a test schedule. So like yeah, we don't, we don't yeah, keep, everybody we don't, knows we're talking about verses. So you're good. Yeah. We, okay. we, we, we have a test schedule, so we won't keep you waiting. So yeah, we'll definitely want to get to that. So yeah, we'll uh uh yeah, yeah. Let me before you say what you say, Valerie, let me get some unpleasantness out of the way. Um, okay. So everybody who's seen Versus knows that the second lead is Hideo Sakaki, and he is a confirmed, basically fucking monster. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, I'm not going to dwell on it. I just want to say when I, because this was my pick for punchy boys and super creeps, you know, we all picked movies that we wanted to talk about. This was my pick. I got to be honest. I forgot that he was in it. Like I, I didn't forget, but I forgot. I didn't make the connection. Um, and so anybody listening, yes, he sucks. He's a monster. He's fucking awful. Um, the movie is still terrific and it's still one of my favorite movies of all time, but I do want to just acknowledge he is awful. If you want to know, just Google his name. I don't want to dwell on it. I don't want to bring up all the details. He basically, in several movies that he directed, uh, has been accused of, of pressuring young actresses into, you know, into forcible sexual relationships. He sucks. He's awful. Uh, I We know that this wouldn't be A4E if we didn't acknowledge that. We always try and acknowledge that kind of stuff. I, I probably might have picked a different movie if I had made that connection, but I, I, but also on the flip side, I might not have because I this movie is so foundational for my love of of uh, Southeast and East Asian cinema that that you know. But I, I want to put it up front. We know he sucks. He's awful. Uh, if you don't want to listen to this episode, we totally understand. Not a problem. We're not going to get into any more details. There's no other trigger warnings here. But if you don't just don't want to listen because of that, we totally understand. All right. So, Valerie, what were you going to say? You know, get us get us started on versus here. What's your experience with this movie? Um, man, that sucks about video. Um, okay. So, I lived in Korea for a while. Right at like fresh out of high school. I moved to Korea to do a little summer work. And when I got back, I was like in my sort of Asian film phase. So I was collecting everything. This is when V, I'm dating myself a little bit, but I'm, uh, v, VCDs were popping back then. And so I would go down to Chinatown and me and my homeboy would go and just get like Korean movies, you know, Chinese movies, Japanese movies. And I remember... I got attracted by the cover because I was like, I have a theory about movie covers. And I'm like, when movie covers are like simple and you can't really tell from the poster what's going on, that that's going to be a good movie. Any poster that has too much going on, except for everything, everywhere, all at once, that beat the allegations. But um, anytime there's like a poster with a whole bunch of shit going on, I usually suspect that it's going to suck or be underrated. I mean, or overrated, and it usually is. But I saw the poster and I was like, okay, he's got a samurai sword and a gun and he's standing in a trench coat. This is probably going to be boss. So I picked it up <laughs> and it was a huge part, versus a huge part of my sort of action film resurgence because 
I had taken a break from action at the time. Um, I wasn't really heavily watching movies at that time. Like my dad, I grew up watching the Shaw Brothers and, um, you know, other sort of Japanese lore, like Ultraman and stuff like that. But Versus really revived that sort of, I remember getting three movies, three VCDs. I remember it was Princess Blade, it was Versus, and it was a film called Azumi. And I gotta say that those films brought me back into the fold. And I gotta say, it still holds up to this day. I think the, you know, the middle parts are a little long, but it's a, it's a fantastic action movie that takes place really in very little settings. Um, and it has this, this world building and this story around it about resurrection and reincarnation that is just crazy. So yeah, that's my initial spiel about verses. Here, I want to, before we get into the movie, I want to kind of comment on what your experience, because uh, again, similar thing uh, in my case, you know, like uh, <clears throat> here living in Queens, I used to go to the library, right? All the anime, anime VHSs, you know, date myself too, right? You know, and like that, that was my real first exposure. Like that, that, but also on the same, you know, this is a big avenue. So Queens, Queens Library, American Football, the main one, was right next to the uh, Coliseum Shopping Center. And so you get, I would get the actual license, quote unquote, uh, VHSs in the library, and then go across the street to the, uh, the bootleg shops and get like Dragon Ball Z bootleg tapes, you know? And then, so that was my first real, like, you know, intro to international cinema, as it were. And then similar to you, also had uh, station, well, station Korea, for a couple of years, and I was there during right when the uh, I guess the uh, the crest of the what they call the Korean New Wave came out, old boy, so forth. So, and you know, the, my Korean, the Korean soldiers, uh, the, the, the our friends, they kind of introduced me to that stuff as well. But the thing was, like, you know, that that would, that alone would have blew my mind being in Korea a while time, but also having that background of oh, I'm already kind of primed for this Asian in general, Asian styles of, of action and, 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 and genre fare. So like, uh, yeah, like, this is what I want. I mentioned this before several like tweets and other podcasts, like when people think about, you know, international cinema or you know, world cinema, they think about all this like kind of art house high end stuff, but like, or like, it's like a certain like kind of gate gatekeeping access to like, oh, you gotta be in this like a uh, niche film click in, in, in NYU or something like that. No, no, no. Like we, if you can find, if you know where to look, there's access to you for anybody as well. Like, you know, us, you know, just, you know, Four kids in hood, we had the whole world at our hands, you know, with China Tambu legs, or China, you know, all these kind of uh, not well known but distributed uh, media. You know, it's like, so, like, and that's just as that's that is just as foundational and important as whatever kind of like, you know, Fulini or whatever kind of European, um, um, hard to find fucking Russian film you can find, whatever. It's like, that's the same, it's the same process. You know, what woke that up? There's, there's two films two international films that woke that up um, as far as like people really seeing like, you know, international action as something. And you might disagree with me, but I think the first film was Nightwatch. Um, it's a Russian action film um, about witches, vampires and werewolves and all these spiritual beings at war. And I think the second film that really woke it up was The Villainess. Um, I think people started to really sort of see like, oh, wow, like, because I think the Villainess premiered somewhere, it, it premiered at one of the major film festivals, and people were like, oh, like, we can, like, embrace action as, like, legit cinema, and so I think that, you know, I think that action has been more, has been a bit more embraced lately, um, and they need to do better because action still produces great performances and um, emotional, it still gets good emotional reactions. Um, you know, people just see everything as, as, as blockbuster where you have like something like Twilight Samurai, which has some action in it, but it's like mostly a drama, but you can still sort of look at it as this good combination of both things. Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm getting off. <laughs> well, yeah, let's go back to, let's go back to the verse. Like, uh, that's actually something like, um, so, you know, last week uh, we talked about From Dust to Dawn, and I had never seen it, but when I was a kid, I just seen it like that was the first time seeing it this past week. And I realized that you know, if I saw that when I was a kid, that might have changed my whole perception of like horror and action. Because you know, I'm not really a horror guy. Like, you know, for me, like, you know, 
uh, what's the phrase? I fear the living more than I fear the dead, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't really get into, like, the zombies and shit like that. But then, like, when I saw Versus back, way back then, it was like, like, first of all, it's like, it's like, it's not just action and, and, and horror. Like, it's, it's specifically a Japanese kind of, like, these are Japanese-style zombies, not even zombies, like, like the undead, plus, like, a Yakuza movie at the same time. Again, this is part of my introduction to Yakuza movies as well. Like, so just, but to have it as, as this, like, mashup genre, uh, this mashup movie of, of these things that are completely like distinct on their own together like that i blew my mind as a kid so yeah it's like like you, you, you move like verses that are these like kind of actually whole hybrids they do they're really like powerful i guess to introducing people to new kinds of stuff but also like using those specific details like the same like like which important with um like night watch like you know it's russian like that russian mythology in that movie and, and like the the way it's and then it tries to like use that with uh modern uh cgi effects you know it's its own thing just like here back in verses, you know, or or, or movies like this, like they're having this such two distinct genre genres like put together like that, like that's like that's like a perfect. That's what cinema should be like, using all of these disparate parts to make it something even more unique or even more powerful. So yeah, that yeah, that's that's for me. Oh yeah, yeah, because like I I think around the same time when I started seeing when I saw verses, I think it was because it came out in two thousand, I believe. So I might have seen it in like two thousand one or two thousand two. And this is like the same time where I'm just starting to just starting to see like uh, learn about actual Japanese yakuza movies themselves. Like you know, like in America we had like we had some familiarity like uh, what was that Black Rain? You know the Michael Douglas movie. So like there was I had some like familiarity with what or even the the Punisher in the 80s, the Dolph Lundgren. So I had like some idea what Japanese gangster movies was. Didn't see it like from there, but not just from there, but with this fucking crazy ass you know undead fucking Highlander shit going on. <laughs> As we get into now, I know like that. That's that's just, that was just like a, a, a mind mind blowing, like almost life changing experience. But yeah, the film literally dropped every genre in that forest and was like, let them fight. And it was like, <laughs> you know, I thought that, that was, it was like, um, and and it's done so well because it films like that have the potential to be bad, and most films that have tried to sort of recreate that dynamic have failed, um, at least in my personal opinion. And so I think there is no other movie. And that's what makes Versus so great is that there is no other movie like it. I don't know a film that I can compare it to. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's what makes it so <laughs> legendary is that it, it is unlike anything that I have ever seen before or since. I kind of so, have a film to compare it to, and it's going to bother Mike a lot. But uh, it's funny you mentioned the villainists because I definitely got Carter vibes from this after watching Carter so recently. Like there is, there is a there is a lineage there. Carter, John Carter? No, no. no. Okay. The new, no, it's it's the director of the villainists' follow up on Netflix, Carter, which is. Yeah, it is a, uh, you know, they're trying to basically do versus as a oneer, uh, you know, through an entire city. Um, so it, it's it's definitely like the spiritual successor in some ways, but um, a very different language of cinema, as Mike will expand on, I'm sure. So, yeah, so uh, I fucking hate Carter. Let's reiterate that. I fucking hate <laughs> So goddamn much, but I, I can't I can't disagree with you, right? Because because versus is uh, to quote our our friend Brandon, his one of his favorite terms is maximalist cinema. Versus is maximalist cinema. It's rule of cool the movie, and and Carter is a the logical extension of that. I just happen to think, and I'm drawing a blank because I wasn't expecting to talk about Carter. I'm drawing a blank on the director's name, but yes, the director of the villainous, he ain't really Kitamura. Uh, Kitamura understands maybe better than any director that has ever lived what rule of cool the movie should look like because this Aragami Azami Godzilla Final Wars is a quadrilogy of movies that are just badass in ways that I had never seen before. And, um, you know, and even Kitamura has lost it. I mean, his last movie, the, the doorman with, with Ruby Rose was so unconscionably terrible. Uh, wait, 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 wait. That's the same director as this. I watched that on the plane recently. Yeah. It's it, wow. 
Okay. Yeah. Uncle. I actually didn't mind it as much as you did. I, I thought, but I just thought it was like some up and coming guy doing like a three star movie. I didn't well, know it was yeah, a legend. That's the problem. That's the problem, right? I'm coming in watching it as a movie from the guy that directed fucking verses. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 No, no. That know, changes. That changes the perspective. Uh, yeah, understood. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I can't disagree with you, Liam. I mean, there's definitely this is maximalist cinema at, at its best. It, it, every shot, everything that Kitamura does is designed to just be like we're we're not, you know, I, and I don't mean this as a criticism. We're not diving deep into this stuff. You know what we're going to do? You, Valerie, you said it perfectly. We're dropping every fucking genre we can into this forest and we're just going to let them fight. And and this single above and beyond his direction, the single greatest thing he did for this movie was finding a kid who grew up as a Japanese street fighter uh, and literally developed his own martial art on the streets named Tok Sakaguchi and just dropped him in the middle of the movie and said, here's my star. Uh, and this is, you know, we talked last week about how, Clooney was such a star making performance and from dust till dawn you want to watch a star making performance fucking talk in this movie is a star making performance uh the man's still terrified i i will get into stories i've got about him from from some people that i know that have interviewed him uh he's 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 exactly as terrifying in real life as you would expect um but this is a star making performance from him i mean he's just unreal in this movie and, um, oh, see, well, just quickly for those who haven't seen it yet, but I just like kind of the basic uh, premise of Verbs is that uh, there's these uh, convicts who escape from prison, and they're going to meet up with these. Uh, I guess the one of the one of the convicts is uh, gangster connections, the Yakuza connections. But then, as the story unfolds, there's like a whole thing where it's like uh, basically a uh, immortal spirit uh, kind of movie, where this the forest they're in, the, the forest of resurrection, is one of these uh, portals to like the under the the, the other side, the other underworld, we would call it. And so with these gangsters and quickly encounter the undead, you know, kind of unravels from there and gets to this big um kind of final showdown between these immortal spirits, basically. So I I, I wish I re- I gotta remember the name of the person tweeted, but I forgot it. But like somebody just now when we, when we mentioned that they were gonna record this, they said that this movie is basically like more comparisons. This is like a, if a, a course between Evil Dead and Highlander, which is like you know like it's because it has that very low-fi like you know he's 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 like. A group of guys in the forest with a camera and no money. Let's let's do let's do something. Has that very like you know independent spirit, <laughs> that, you, know? you know. I think that's what's so that's what's so appealing about it to me because I grew up in uh, you know New England like small town with forests like this and it was always yeah. like let's go into the woods and make a movie and, like they these guys did it like there's there's like no rhyme or reason to the settings even within fights you know it'll just go to a close up on someone's face and then whip back and all of a sudden you're in a completely different setting and you just kind of go with it. Um, but yeah, no, Mike, and I, I would just say one thing. I do definitely agree with like the like the language of the cinema in this and the shots and, you know, d- doing the evil dead, like, you know, z- zoom ramps into people's faces for their awesome one liners. And and then also just being like really interestingly, like going to a first person conversation between uh, talk and, and, and the magic blood woman. Like it'll just he's just constantly exploring, you know, n- new ways to to film things. It's not just. You know, I I think that 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 is the thing about Carter. Like, if Carter was was not doing that one other thing, I don't know. Maybe maybe it would it would rise to uh to to, to something else. But if Carter wasn't so obsessed with the one other thing. I would have loved that movie. Uh, yeah, to me, we've talked about this before. Um, I don't remember what movie it was we were talking about. I can't remember, but it was one where I said, "There's there's such a verve and, and virtuosity of like a young filmmaker just it was saloon it was saloon it was a, yeah, yeah absolutely and this is the same thing it's it's that energy it's that vibe it's that i'm making this up as i go along but i'm also incredibly brilliant and talented it's the sam raimi evil dead vibe it's saloon it's this has that same vibe it's just like we don't know enough to know that there are rules so we can break the rules in really interesting ways. And, and that's the, yeah, I mean, the, the energy in this movie is just, and I will say, if there's a complaint about this movie, it's entirely too long. It's very self-indulgent, but, uh, but it, it, it is, 
it, it, there is an energy to this movie that is just undeniable. Uh, Valerie. And it's it's really surprisingly funny. Like, I found the movie to be really, really sort of comical. Um, and even in the way that the fight scenes are choreographed, it's, I don't know, there's a sense of, there's a sense of, an underlying sense of, of sarcasm and comedy. It's like, he knows, like the director knows this is a ridiculous, this ridiculous movie, a ridiculous concept, but he really leaned into it. And that's what I love about Versus um, is that the, they leaned all the way into the lore to where like, I didn't have a choice but to suspend disbelief. Because <laughs> I was like, this is not making sense to me, but I still like it. It took me watches to understand what the fuck was going on. And sometimes I wonder if I still don't understand. Um, I need to like definitely revisit because I used to watch verses like every day for like three months. That's how much I liked it. And I just figured out that the same director directed Azumi, which no wonder I picked up all three of these movies at the same time. Um, but I think like my favorite scene, my favorite scenes are when um, the prisoner is interacting with the girl and they're just sort of talking about what's going on um, in this sort of the force of resurrection and, and everything like that. And I don't know. I mean, the action's great too, but I don't know. I like this relationship that they sort of develop. And then, you know, at the end, it turns out like they switch. she's the same, but they've switched places. Like, like, it was just, it was, um, it's, a, it's an experience. I would love to be able to one day host an IMAX screening um, of Versus and just see who comes through to see it. Because that's definitely some IMAX shit. So. Yeah, yeah, and the, the humor—that's actually a big, big part of it. And like, the humor for me was like um, part of what makes these these mixes so well. Uh, and this is like part of the uh, the yakuza part. Um, so the the main, well, I guess, well, one of the main like yakuza henchmen or whatever you want to call it, lieutenant, uh, Kenji Matsuda, he's the guy in the suit in the movie. He's like, like kind of like he's a, and he, his plan is like to usurp the who, who he thinks is like a regular crime boss, but he's like, like a you know the, the immortal. And like uh, he's a he's just he's just phenomenal he's just, he's just like going all out he's like he has like the weird like almost like a, like, like a joker kind of thing he's like, like he's laughing and he has like the gun and switch blade he's like taking joy in murdering zombies because like he's like like he, he's not phased the, 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 oh shit zombies he's like he's like he's like he's not like oh my god he's like fuck yeah it's zombies he's like he's, he's like, all so about killing stuff it's like slice zombies up with his knife like and he keeps <laughs> doing like the tongue thing where he's like <sighs> like he's so good in this movie it's unreal yeah, so yeah, him him having that like that, that wild expert element brings that humor, but humor and that specific because you know I think a lot of I think in the Yakuza films themselves there's always like a, um an element of like a kind of an X factor wild man kind of kind of character usually like the, the guy you don't fuck with or the guy who goes crazy like you want to call like he's doing that but also in the context of this crazy ass undead film so it totally works like you know of course you of course a guy like that would revel in this kind of stuff. And it adds to the humor. It adds to like the, the energy of it all. Because without him, it, yeah, without him, it would be like you know, it would still be like a great fun movie. But like, he's gives he gives it that that extra oomph of like, sort of like we mentioned before, like a just don't or other other like films like that have like a central like a common not not a not a um not comically but like uh they have a because they're still like all about it. They they're about the action, but they have their own kind of way of seeing what's going on. in This really hilarious kind of sarcastic way. No, that's this character, you know, the 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 uh, Masuda. Yeah, so yes, yeah, really, adds to that special the, the spices that makes this thing unique. It really works so well. Well, I was gonna say, what's funny about him too is that uh, the lead character is completely uninterested in the plot. Like every <laughs> time, every time someone tries to talk to him about it or explain it, he's like, "You talk too much." It just wants to fight them, you know. Like so, I I I think that's also like a little tongue in cheek, like he's constantly taking the piss out of the lore and like, yeah. dude, you're the one in the middle of the story and you don't give a shit about it. <laughs> it's also like, like if people haven't seen the movie, what I'm about to say is going to sound uh, absolutely horrifying. 
But the fact and, and, and for people who don't know, nobody in this movie has names like their names are who they are, you know, so like Tox character is prisoner KSC 2303. Uh, Chieko Misaka's character is just the girl. That is her like official name. So every time Tox gets into a fight for like the first half of the movie, because as Liam, as you tweeted, uh, I love I mean, when he says, here's the thing, I'm a feminist, you know exactly what movie you're in for. But I love that every time he gets into a fight, he knocks her out because he doesn't want her like involved in the fight. And that, sounds, that sounds so fucking terrible as I'm saying it. But if you've seen the movie, it works. It's so it's fucking hilarious. I mean, it's a perfect bit. And, and, and Kitamura knows exactly how many times to go back to that well and then there's a time where he tries to knock her out and she catches his hand you know and and, and like it's the timing of it all is so perfect uh it's just yeah this is you know again as you guys know uh valerie you probably don't know this because you don't know me but my favorite director is sam Raimi. um and in the rainy the raininess of this movie is it just it fills my soul with joy uh like kitamura is very much a guy who grew up on sam raimi because it is that genre balance that that tonal shift that we can have outrageous blood and guts but also hilarious stuff we can have talk you know grossly taking the jacket and pants and boots off a dead guy but then we're going to immediately like smash cut to him like dropping down looking like a badass with the soundtrack that goes you know it, like it's just there's so much coming at you in this movie in so many directions that it, it, it to me it's this is one of those movies when I tell people when people want to know what my movie sensibilities are I honestly am kind of like I just watch verses I mean that's this is like me as a movie to be honest with you. <laughs> Um, that, that, yeah, so, uh, th with that knockout thing, just uh, that is sort of like Chaplin esque, though. Like even the way they're doing the physical comedy and the way he'll just like donk her on the head, it is it. It's not it's not brutal. It is it is very you know, you know, it's done in a, a very comedic, almost like heightened silent film fashion. So yeah, that it's not as horrifying as uh, as Mike described. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I'm sorry, I know. I was just, I was actually kind of just trying to. I was viewing the old trailers from Versus, and it's so wild. And the film and the trailers don't even tell you what's going on. You just see people like slicing and dicing, um, people with blood all over the place. And you, it not only is it like a real wit movie, but it, the way it's marketed, the way it's packaged is also like a huge part, I believe, of the success of the film and the interest of the film. Um, because if I was to see a trailer where just a bunch of people just going off and I don't know what it's about, I want to know what it's about. So I'm invested now, you know what I mean? Um, but I think like one of the one of the things that's also interesting is this sort of like story where it's like these two guys that have been going back and forth at it for centuries they keep getting resurrected and they keep fighting with the same broad and um you know and it just keeps going on and on and on and when you think <laughs> when you think it's over because i think that was the point of one of the characters like he was trying to find the portal so he could end this nonsense and then like you think it's over for everybody and then here they are again like i don't know like a hundred years into the future <laughs> It's like Mad Max, and they're like, oh, what? we're at it again, we're at it again, and I just thought that that was, I was like, oh my god, like, what an embarrassing ending for everybody, like, and, and you could just see, like, the look on his face as he approaches, and she's just kind of like, yeah, go ahead, bro, <laughs> he's just kind of like, everybody, the whole crew, the three of them are just kind of like, well, here we go. Like, and I just yeah. thought that that was like part of the sarcasm and part of what I found so entertaining and funny about the whole thing is not just the lead character not being interested in the plot. I, I just I just think that only a few people are taking it seriously. And that's what makes it so funny. 
like the one I, um the man is the only one that's taking it seriously because he's trying to end the shit and everybody else is just kind of like well you know the prisoner is here for the fun the girl is there because that's her like fate destiny or whatever and then it's the yakuza and the undead so i think it's really a really cool sort of way that he sort of piled like circumstances on top of circumstances on top of circumstances yeah. on top of circumstances. Yeah, because um, it, 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 it it's like a, it's not just a Yakuza zombie movie. It's also a uh, Japanese Sengoku samurai film also. Because again, like you mentioned, like this has occurred in the past. We've seen like the actual scenes of them, these same souls as samurai slash ronin slash, you know, swordsmen doing the same whole dance back way back then. And then it goes jumps to like yeah the Mad Max is going on at the end yeah yeah so it's not yeah it's like it's like multiple genres in this fucking crazy ass movie and it, it, yeah again like it's it's this unbridled mix of everything they just, they just went for it these guys with cameras in the, in the forest is like just fucking do it and these and these leading martial artists. But what I've never understood is like why the film is still so niche like i thought i had heard that it was being adapted in hollywood at some point but it's just not a film again like versus is one of those films that's actually tied to japanese history um and and japanese mythology and so to take it and put it into hollywood would be like what the what is this but um Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Valerie. No, 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 go ahead. That's actually ahead. perfect that you brought that up because that's the whole thing with the ending, right? Is it's it's a very Taoist ending because the idea is the yin and the yang are constantly in balance. And so when talk wins, when the prisoner wins, that shifts the balance. And so the even though he kills the man, the man comes back because but now at the ending, the man is very clearly now the hero because he's the light Tao that has to reestablish balance. Uh, so as much as the entire ending is taking the piss out of sort of action conventions, it's also inherently kind of tied into Japanese culture. So I, I agree with you. This is a movie that I think, I mean, it it could be adapted, but it would just, it would lose something. There's something so uniquely Japanese about verses that I think is part of its appeal. Yeah. And then, what, uh, what would they do in a Hollywood version? They like George Washington versus Abraham Lincoln. Like, what would they do? Like, and they come through history fighting each other for I would see that shit. I would that shit for real. <laughs> like, um, but I think that uh, I think you're right. There's something like tied to it, and the reason why a lot of people haven't gone near it, and the reason why it's so unique. I just thought it would be more mainstream by now, as you know, a lot of um, you know Asian cinema is becoming mainstream, which also started with the villainess, in my opinion. Um, but versus is really talked about. That's why when Vice approached me about it, I was like, versus really, because I have not heard that in some years. So I was proud to talk about it because it was part of my reawakening for action. Loved it. Um, so here, I, I know we're, we're, uh, we're going to be mindful of time. So um, we're, we're going to, um, if you if okay with you, uh, we'll, we'll end you off here and you can go back to um, do, doing, doing the job. I wish job, I could you know, stay. The huh? I wish I could stay. Please have me on another episode. Oh, no, absolutely. You are a wealth of knowledge and experience. and invitation. You, you, yeah. you literally DM me, DM Vice. You have a standing invitation. You're back on whenever Thank you, you. Back on. Absolutely. And I don't, and I don't like feeling like I'm the only female or the only woman that can engage in action conversations. Like, you know, I'm always like talking to people and I'm like, don't you know Moon Lee? Or don't you know, um, what's her name? Japanese lady. Anyway. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, don't you know these these people, these action, you know, icons or whatever? And people are just like, what? I'm like, oh God. Okay. So, you know, but my dad was the one who introduced me to all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, starting with uh, the man with the golden arm and and you know, the five deadly venoms, which is where everybody pops their cherry, right? Uh, <laughs> and um you know and things like that so i i love what you guys are doing i love talking about action um and looking forward to being on another episode for the whole episode so yeah so thank again once again thank you so much for coming on and you know you got stuff to do um but yeah, we're so okay um you could please you know plug whatever you want yeah, let us know where we can advice. find you plugs or stuff you you know how to do this you're learning how to be the host make sure yes <laughs> 
Well, no, it's that. Most of, this is my friend. I'm a, I got to big it up. Gotta, I got to get proper up, man. So please let us know um, where you're writing it now, what you got coming up, um, you know, any events or whatever you're going to be at soon. And yeah, just like, where, where people, people get more of you? Uh, I'm Valerie Complex on Deadline. I'm Valerie Kill Complex on Deadline. You can find my work there, uh, Deadline Hollywood. Um, on Twitter, I'm Valerie at Valerie Complex. On Instagram, I'm at underscore Valerie Complex too. I had a previous page, but I got the boots on Instagram because I was too rowdy or whatever. And then um, I have a website that's Valerie Complex. And I have a, a podcast with Deadline called Scene to Scene, where I talk to marginalized voices about their work and um, about how to change the industry and stuff like that. It's on Apple and Spotify. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. No, thank you. This is, like I said, I have followed you for years and this, this has been a a true pleasure. So go, uh, go hit the, go hit the con floor again and, uh, and uh, report some, some cool shit, Valerie, but we will definitely have you back on again. That is, I promise you that. Thank you. I hope you could tell that I was a fan of the villainess because I, I couldn't bring it up enough. Yes, yes, you could not bring it up enough. I, I think it, it, was, uh, it was it was pretty clear. I mean, you were subtle, but uh, we're pretty good at reading between the lines. <laughs> awesome. You guys are fantastic. Thank you. It was so nice to chat with you, Michael and Vice. And um, I forgot your name, Niles. Is that your name? Niles. <laughs> yes. N- Niles, Niles Bridget. No, my, uh, Liam. Uh, sorry. Liam, it, it sorry. definitely hurts that Fuck. I didn't have my video going and I couldn't make eye contact with you during this pod. And Liam. <laughs> nice to meet you guys. The actual But uh, yes, yes. Niles, Niles, congratulations. <laughs> we are. Uh, uh, you might as well. The, the amount of joy I am going to get out of this <laughs> Valerie, you, you literally, I can skip Christmas. You calling Liam Miles is the best Christmas present I could have asked for. It's not even the same consonant. That's sad. I'm so sorry. He has a white boy name already, Liam O'Donnell. Liam O'Donnell. Yeah, just Frazier's brother, right? That's that's where I'm at. Yeah, sorry. Niles, <laughs> you guys take care, all right? Okay, See you guys right, later. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you know oh, I, I try i try to clear out and give everybody space to talk i got no video and then i get called niles Great. <laughs> liam is literally like we don't have video but i so i just have to imagine that liam right now has got some fucking dumbbells and he's just pumping as hard as he can he's like fucking niles really he's just pumping. Training being red Cause, cause I'm pacing back you. and forth because I really have to pee, but uh, no, no, no pump. <laughs> oh my god, uh, boys! Uh, so uh, since Liam has to pee, this is going to be a little bit of a short episode. I, I think that, but that's fine. But Valerie was great. But the one thing I do want to talk about: some people asked on Twitter. There are two versions of verses out there. There's the original cut and the ultimate cut. Which version did you guys watch? Uh, well, I watched whenever the one is on Amazon Prime because that the one I read there, so I'm not sure. Was it two yeah, hours or was it uh, almost two, yeah, two hours? Two hours exactly. Two hours exactly. Yeah. So that's the original cut. Uh, so I do want to, for people who are curious and want to check it out, I just want to let them know the ultimate cut uh, is basically about three or four years after Versus came out. Ryui Kitamura got more money and brought the whole cast back, and basically redid a bunch of the movie it's it's the same movie but it's a completely different movie if that makes sense what he did was there's there's completely there's a bunch of alternate shots he redid the color correction they re-recorded the score so that it was a much clear and i will say i think the score in this movie is fucking terrific uh they re-recorded the score they added a couple of extra action scenes that that talk choreographed um, so it's ultimately the same movie, but it's a cleaner, brighter, better looking version of that movie. I don't have a preference. So for people who are wondering which one should I watch, I really don't have a preference other than the fact that the, the ultimate version is very clearly a a movie that was finished with more money. So it looks better. It, it's it, There is no question it looks better. I mean, they they shot this on 16 millimeter. It's not like it's ever going to look great to begin with, but uh, there's no question that the, the ultimate version looks better. So for people who are curious, 
Arrow has put out a special edition that has both. Uh, but if it's not like the original theatrical version is some like lessened weaker version of versus you are still seeing versus you are still seeing everything that we saw. I mean, that you're seeing the movie that I saw in 2000 when I read a review on the late great midnight I uh, Asian review website and immediately jumped on eBay and bought a bootleg and watched <laughs> and have my fucking mind blown so um yeah i just want to let people you know know that um i i did not come away from re-watching the theatrical saying i wish this was a half hour longer i will say that <laughs> yeah yeah no, no i mean there's no this movie like and that is a kitamura thing his movies are so except for except for origami which for those who don't know origami was a a project where he and another director challenged each other to make a uh what do you what do you call them, Liam? Where there's basically like two main characters in the movie, uh, and they go back uh, two hander. Two hander. So he yeah. and another Japanese director challenged themselves to make a two hander that was uh, around an hour long, and uh, the I can't remember the other director's name. He made two LDK, which is also great about two roommates trying to kill the shit out of one another, <laughs> and then uh, Kitamura made Origami, which is about a a samurai encountering a demon in a in a temple uh and it is tight it's efficient it's amazing every other kitamura Mura movie has frankly been too well at least his japanese movies have been frankly too goddamn long he's very self-indulgent uh so yeah i i can't disagree with you on that there's there is such a thing as too much versus yeah no i i really love the uh I, I, I just wanted to add that I really loved the the samurai part and that 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 talk looks so fucking cool in the the period uniform and I, that was actually the only bit I was like man I, I kind of wanted more of the movie in the period but um being crazy samurai musashi Are no that's that no movie? I haven't so it no. is on Haya uh, Haya give us money uh, it is a True. So there's bookends. The first 10 minutes traditionally shot. The next 10 minutes traditionally shot. The middle of the movie, a true and proper 70 minute oneer with talk fighting 400 other samurai. Um, it's exhausting. It's not actually that good as a movie, but as an exercise, it's unreal. And the way they cleverly build in uh, points for him to like take water breaks and stuff like that is <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah i have a whole, I have a whole review of this uh on Luton bus, uh, Luton bus gang where i kind of go into the in depth with like a how it's it feels like a, like a stage play in some ways because like you know it's a compound and like they figure out ways to narratively make these breaks because again like, like you said it is a legitimate unbroken take movie well that's 70 minutes of that time frame and so, like, it's interesting to see how they approach that. But yeah, like, like you said, it's also it's it's very uh, one note. That's exhausting. It's like, yes, yeah, not a good action movie, but it's a fascinating like ex ex exercise or experiment as a film. So yeah, use use a filmmaker specifically. I think you get a lot out of how he does. They yeah. yeah, it's definitely you watch it as a technical exercise, right? Because I mean, 70 minutes of talk thwacking people on the head with it with a katana gets real boring real fucking fast. Um, but as a technical exercise, it's you know, and like you said, Liam, he looks so great in the samurai, you know, get up as a period, you know, sort of a period piece. This is, I mean, this is. Crazy Samurai Masashi is talk the movie. I mean, there's really no other way to describe it. It's just fucking talk Sakaguchi the movie. It's him flexing everything that he could do. And I happen to think he's one of the greatest action stars in the world. So it's hard to hate it, even though I think the movie is really boring by the time you get done with it. But it, <laughs> I'm, I told Leah, because I, 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 I think, I, I can't remember if I reviewed it for Film Combat or Lee just hooked me up at the screener, but um, I don't like the movie, but I'm really fucking glad it exists. That's the yeah. best way I can describe it. Yeah, yeah, definitely like trying to definitely trying to push the one take concept to its logical limit. Like, it's not unlike Carter in a way, not unlike you know trying to push, but like this is this is like a more uh, pure, I guess, manifestation of that. So it works. Oh yeah, one more thing before the last thing for about the talk in general. 
is that like I, I did know the fact about him being an actual street fighter um when he when he first started so like but that's like his martial style is so unique in that way like it, it's a I, I seen his uh you know for people who don't recognize him for versus you might know him from reborn that came out uh, back in 2016 i believe you know kind of, kind of like a middle gear kind of stuff like a special covert op like kind of uh indestructible agent kind of thing going on and and I, he has a youtube channel uh where he he and like his 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 comrades and his son actually who's, who's going big now they kind of it's like a part like a martial arts uh tutorial youtube video where he like he, like, he goes to various dojos and like uh they have discussions and actual like sparring sparring sessions about with the different arts like karate and just whatever but like yeah you, you can see even in verses back then like there's a part where he uh does like straight up like boxing like straight up, like a boxing rush i guess one of the, one of the undead or one of the one of the um henchmen and it's like that's that's not Japanese. That's, that's that's like street fighting shit going on. But then he applies it to like you know more traditional karate and, and uh, other other Eastern martial arts to make it his own thing. So yeah, that, that, yeah, this is like a, this guy's like definitely a one of a, one of a kind martial artist. So like you know whenever you get a chance to see him, it's definitely worth it. We be versus or something with Sassy or Reborn, any any other stuff. You know like that that's like a distinct signature martial artist that you know you should def- definitely uh, keep you know, keep check out his stuff. All right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, well, hey, I think yeah. we're done, right? Anything you want to add? He's Wait. still mad about being Niles. <laughs> yeah, Hello? Niles, Niles, did we lose you? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I just went a little off, but I did sneak out of my garage and pee in my backyard while you guys were talking. I was, I was, I was oh, oh, did you? Did you I, I can't remember. Have we talked about this? Do you have a designated peeing tree? Yeah. Well, we. It was a Twitter thing for yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, our yeah, followers, yeah. And, I, and I, you know, b- me being in a Los Angeles, uh, you know, neighborhood, I just actually have a manhole in my backyard because it's a whole sewer <laughs> system. So uh, there's nothing that grows around the manhole. There's nothing being disturbed. Uh, so uh, yeah, I just pee. I pee over the manhole. Oh man, I would kill to have a manhole in my backyard just so I can, <laughs> like. That's amazing. That and I am. I just so I you know I'm not cutting this out. This conversation's terrific. I it, it, people, <laughs> people need to understand the pure joy of peeing in your own backyard. I mean, it is it is it is as close. You know. Uh, it is as close to being, uh, you know, everybody's all, I eat paleo and I do all this stuff and I'm getting back to my masculinity and whatever, blah, 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 bullshit. No, you know what? You want to get back. You want to get back to nature. Go pee in your fucking backyard. That is as close to nature as you will ever get. And it's a beautiful, glorious thing. Um, it's, I'm, it's, I'm just, are we, are we talking about the ancestral tenants now, Mike? Are you going full liver king? <laughs> Uh, oh my god you gotta stack tenants you gotta go out there with sun and uh you know with a full liver and pee uh all at the same time while injecting steroids into your you know fatty tissue <laughs> oh, oh my god this is gonna be the most ridiculous episode we've ever released um it's 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 a little all over the place uh yep you know what? And everybody's going to, you know, people listening, you're all going to fucking love it. Uh, so, but I think this is a good place for us to wrap it up. Unless any vice, do you have any last thoughts on verses? I don't know. Just uh, you know, like I said, uh, it's uh, so as I mentioned, you know, whether you watch the ultimate or the regular quote unquote, the one on Amazon prime is, is the uh, arrow up uh, remastered version. So, you know, there's definitely, you have all the full fidelity there. So yeah, just however you can check it out. Yeah. Please do so. Liam, anything you want to add about versus? Uh, no, no, no. I, I, I enjoyed the, uh, our discussion and just looking ahead to, to next week, uh, and, and keeping on with our, uh, with our horror, horror action marathon. I'm excited about it. And, and yeah, no, it's great to talk to you guys. Yep. Then next week for punchy boys and super creeps, we are taking on Neil Marshall's dog soldiers, which is uh, one that I'm super excited for. Uh, we're, we might not have a guest. We're still working on a guest, uh, but, uh, but it, either way, you know, we're going to have a good time talking about that movie. Um, again, much like versus just indie filmmaking at its, at its finest. So um, vice, where can people find you? Once again, I'm on Instagram looking hot. Uh, Letterboxd, uh, being smart. I don't have any reviews lately, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll add some stuff sooner or later. And then, of course, on Twitter, as always, at my Twitter, is talking all the shit. 
And Liam, uh, before you tell people where they can find you, uh, tell us about uh, your your appearance on Montressor Media. Oh, right. Thank you. Um, so uh, Jesse Ferguson reached out to me to 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 do uh, this pod that they have called, you know, Film Rescue. And uh, he said, you know, I, I, I want I want you to come in and, and pitch on how you would reboot the alien franchise and my one word response or two word response was I wouldn't. <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I would never reboot the alien franchise. I don't know what you're talking about. Like you cannot, like you, it has to have some ties to the, to, to the, the old stuff in some ways. And, uh, and so he goes, well, I have one. Uh, why don't, why don't we come on and talk about it? And um, so I went in and I did talk about my, uh, my very rough pitch for, AVP three that I was thinking of back when we were making AVPR. And then they pitched, uh, you know, their idea of a, of an alien franchise reboot, um, which, you know, it, it was, it was a very fun exercise. It's fun to be an exec on the other side and, uh, you know, not give anybody anything and just stare at them as they floundered. Uh, no, 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 it was fun. And, uh, and yeah, no, I, I think I think uh, you, you know if you guys uh, enjoyed some of my discussions about AVPR and and uh, you know how passionate I am about those monsters, you'll uh, you'll enjoy that pod quite a bit. Yeah, I, I listened to it and it's 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 delightful. I'll make sure to link it in the show notes. I will say it, it's super. It was super weird when I started listening to it, and then your voice came on, and I'm like, wait, I, like I'm listening to a podcast with a guy that I podcast with that. I, I can't describe it, but it's weird when I hear you on other podcasts, I'm like, I know that voice, but like, you're, you're so professional and you're so, uh, you know, you're so you're so, and then here you're just, you know, a meathead shit show. So I'm like, uh, see, here he's Liam there. He's Niles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm not I, yeah this is like it's like being misgendered i feel like i've been misgendered as not <laughs> oh my god all right um, but yes i will link it it's a great episode jesse especially is a is a big fan of the show he's been a big supporter of the show so um Everybody check it out. And Liam, where Niles, where can people find you? Niles Odin. Niles Odin. Yeah. Yeah. Niles Odin. Liam Odin, Twitter and Instagram. And uh yeah, I guess uh roast me in the comments. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I have a couple of things. I will have I will have a uh at the time this comes out, I will have a uh, accident man two review dropping on F this movie. Uh, I will have in a week or two uh, a dedicated Accident Man 2 podcast with Scott Adkins. And I did just record a podcast of Schlock and Awe with good friend of the show, Lindsay Wilkins, where we talked about Halloween H2O and The Crow. And I got very choked up talking about what The Crow means to me. Um, Lindsay, if you're listening, love you. I don't know what it is about you that gets me to just like start fucking opening up every like mental health issue I have to you, but I love it. And you're amazing. Um, you can find me on Twitter and letterbox at Hibachi justice, where I'm trying to knock out 31 horror movies in 31 days. And you can follow the show on Twitter at a four E podcast. That's letter a, the number four, the letter E podcast, and you're listening to us. So you obviously know you can hear us where anywhere podcasts can be found boys, dog soldiers, Neil Marshall, werewolves, Come and have a go if you think you're hard enough. Looking forward to it next week, boys. I guys, take care. Cheers. This is-